They're all forced proximity novellas, which is a trope in romance where you are forced to spend time with people that you don't like. And then you're like, well, fine, I guess they're okay. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Books, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Cherie and Katie are both here to talk about Allie Hazelwood, the author. She's written a number of novellas as well as a couple of books. So we're just going to kind of give you an overview of her writing style and yeah. stuff. She's been cranking them out since she came out with her first one. She's Which fun. When was her first one published? A few years ago, 2020 maybe? It was maybe. That's not even was... a few. That's like two. Well, yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's new on the scene. But I know. She's... But she's also done two novels and three novellas yeah. in that in that two period, two years period. I think this was probably a coronavirus life change thing, maybe. I'm not sure. When you read her about she so about Allie Hazelwood, her writing features women in STEM, women in science, technology, engineering, math, and men possibly in the same field, possibly in an adjacent field, the men they run into. And what's interesting is that Allie Hazelwood herself has a PhD in neuroscience and she likes writing romance stories. And she decided to merge the two one day, which but is Do you have to be a neuroscientist to understand her work? No. But you do get insights into cool fields of science that you may not know about otherwise, whether they be realistic or not. We don't know because we are not in those fields. No, but she wanted to represent like how would these things play out in the field of academia, in the the environment of academia, whether that's actually universities or whether it's people who are all university PhDs and then go on to one of them is NASA. Yeah. (laughs) So everyone, everyone is either in academia or in a private sector job that is equivalent to academia. So is a lot of paper writing involved? Depends on the book. Some okay. Of, some of it is paper writing. A lot of it is research projects and stuff where they're just coming in, they're spending 12 or 13 hours in the same room, no windows. <laughs> and a lot of it is politics. Yes. Office politics, academic style. Yeah. Okay. And because a lot of these characters are in academia, at least in her books, I I don't I don't remember seeing it as much in the novellas. But in her books, which her first one was Love Hypothesis and her second one was Love on the Brain, there is a little bit about what it's like to be a female academic in a like science field. A lot of that is like either people talking over you or not listening to you or people being inappropriate with you. It's very, it's nice because her, the heroes in the books are always just like, you know, very supportive. None of them, none of them are like, don't make a big deal. But there are people like that in the book who who are trying to tell the characters like, you know, don't blow this out of proportion. Like, it's your future. You can't ruin it for some guy. With emotions. <laughs> or... You, you liked this guy. You that's how, why you got into this PhD program. That's mm-hmm. why. That's why you do this. You think this is because of you? No, it's because of that guy. Oh wow! Yeah. Not that now. That sounds really. When we say politics and when we say that type of vibe, that sounds very down. But what I read the three novellas first, and the first one I read was actually her newest one, Below Zero, mm-hmm. where you meet the protagonist. She's stuck in a crevasse in a blizzard, about to die in Norway, thinking, well. This is special. How'd I get here? And her grumpy crush, who she's really, really mad at, is the only one willing to come out and rescue her. But what struck me from that and from the other ones, I laughed. I laughed in every one of these. Mm -hmm. Occasionally cringed, but a lot of laughing and a lot of, wow, these people are really smart and there's banter. And it's smart banter. And occasionally it was banter around computer coding or it was banter around just people who click and banter together. 
So since it sounds like all of the protagonists are pretty busy with their careers, Mm -hmm. how much time is there for spiciness? So the novellas aren't very spicy. The novel has more time, so there's a little spice, but it's usually towards the end. Mm -hmm. It's like, I wouldn't say it's a slow burn in that it like it doesn't feel that way there's a lot of other stuff going on so it doesn't feel like sitting on something for a long time it just feels like it just takes time sometimes to work out relationships and of course they're not going to see each other and immediately be like hello there (laughs) they have phds to work on (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so the the novellas the three protagonists hannah sadie and mara were roommates when they were getting their phds so when you meet them they are in their first careers out from their PhDs, be it at NASA or a civil engineering firm or environmental engineering, whatever. They're in their careers. When love hypothesis, but the protagonists tend to think in the first person. So you see a lot of I. And unless someone addresses them by name, you don't see their name. But in love hypothesis, the protagonist is still working on her PhD. She has a really strong motivation for getting her PhD She's in like this field. She's like doing her final like run for She her. is in search of a lab yeah. that can financially support her groundbreaking research that is deeply personal and important to her. So she's PhD track, but she's not there yet. Whereas yeah. Hannah, Sadie, and Mara, who were the protagonists in the novellas, they've already got their PhDs and they're starting out Mm -hmm. in the world and the same with the last book she is already in her field love on the brain she has graduated already one thing that i liked about love hypothesis was the first one i read and i really liked it one because there was a lot of fun science stuff in it like there was actual science stuff where i was like cool (laughs) is that how things work and it also opens up pretty hilariously on the protagonist. I'm pretty sure this is it. The protagonist sobbing in a bathroom. What happened? Um, like, was it like stress or? Yes. In Love Hypothesis, when you meet your protagonist, she is there to interview for acceptance to her PhD program at yes. Stanford. And she is just sobbing because, for one, she has severe social anxiety around public speaking or speaking to groups of people she doesn't know, like, say, the admissions committee. And two, she's wearing extremely expired contacts. Oh, yeah. Because she's a broke mm-hmm. so her, student. So she's all blurry. You know, she can't see anything. Nope. She ends up wandering into perhaps the wrong bathroom. And all she remembers is that a very nice person talked to her, but she has no idea what he looked like because her blurry contacts because were Because he was a blurry blob. He was a blob. He was a blurry yes. blob. And she's she assumed he was a... a a graduate student, and he he asked her questions that helped her focus and realize it because she was. I love when people they, have panic attract training, and they yeah. come in and they're like, "Hey there, yeah, <laughs> let's focus on so something." This, and this like, is okay. bugging me. I'm gonna get her name over here. Like I need to know. But yeah, so the point is that she remembers his voice. She remembered he was really nice. Yes. So Adam. It, this this mysterious guy, spoilers, Adam, talks to Olive and, and grounds her and says, no, why do you want to do this? It had to be important. Something had to be important to you for why you would want you to pursue PhD, for fun. PhD <laughs> level science and entering academia because nobody does that for the kicks. What is your why? And she realizes what her why is and she's able to articulate it. And yeah, and then, I think she, and then I there's think a time he... jump. I think he literally says, like, you have to be insane to just Basically. do this Basically. for so many years of your life. So, yeah, that is something that I really like in the books is that the heroes are always very supportive of heroines when they get into either parts where they're not sure of themselves or where other people are telling them, like, that they're doing badly or that they're, like, not worth it or whatever. You Gaslighting. Know. <clears throat> yeah, there's many things that can happen in that field. I will say the thing that I got frustrated with because I've read all of her books and her novellas is the enemies to lovers. 
because I get it. I know it's fun, but like, I think because she made so many in such a short period of time and they're all enemies to lovers and they're all like, oh, about six foot three guy with dark hair and chiseled jaw. Unless he's Scandinavian. And clearly you yeah, have a type. Yeah, who is in academia and super smart and great and awesome, but like hates her. And then you realize later he doesn't hate her. He just loves her so much. Yeah, a lot of it's around misunderstandings. And yeah, I hate misunderstandings. <laughs> and I will give this credit. I will say reading all three novellas in 48 hours was too many too close together. I really loved the first one. I, mm-hmm. I which was Below Zero is her newest it's one. Diminishing Returns. I more. liked Under One Roof. And by the time I got to Stuck With You, it was... I didn't I, like I, Stuck With You. If I had run into Stuck With You on its own, I would have liked it. Mm-hmm. But coming on the heels of basically binging the other two novellas, it was a lot in a short period of time. And each of these does... Well, in, in the novellas, sometimes the, the time jump is a flashback. But in mm-hmm. there there's generally some, some period of time that passes between when there might be a meet-cute or a meet-misunderstanding in the case of yeah. Olive and Adam, or did I even meet you because I don't know your name or who you are, but you really helped me out. There's a time lag between when that happens and when Happy Ever After happens. It's not like in the space of two weeks at a house party in the British countryside. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that they go through that. They like build in some, they do. some time for their relationship. And there are there's a diverse cast of characters. Yes, there's generally a type for the mm. heroine hero, but they have friends who do interesting things on their own. So in Love Hypothesis, Allie's best friend on is deeply committed to LGBTQ plus minority representation for women in STEM mm-hmm. and organizing events around this to try and show people come join the STEM world. We're it's going to be OK. It's not <laughs> have that a community. bad sometimes. Let's build a community here. Come on in, folks. So it's interesting to see the secondary characters arcs Mm -hmm. play out in the novel. I haven't read The Love on the Brain, but in Love Hypothesis, Mm -hmm. it was kind of it was interesting to see the background characters relationships play out a little bit and how they interacted with and supported the main character. In the three novellas, the protagonist of each novella is a background character and support system for the person whose moment it is to shine. So that's that's good to see, too, when your friends are actually supportive and mostly not poisonous. Yes. So I know she's relatively new, but can you tell, like, is her writing improving between her first book and maybe some of her latest? I think it was it started pretty good already. Like for what she wanted, I think it was already there. I am just hoping that we get some different like plot mechanics because like I said, I love the two novels. I read those first and then I started reading the novellas and I read Under One Roof first and I was like, well, that's cute. They're all forced proximity novellas, which is a trope in romance where you are forced to spend time with people that you don't like. Then you're like, well, fine, I guess they're okay. And I liked Under One Roof. That one was cute. I did not like Stuck With You or below zero so far because of the flashback mechanism and it almost seems like she was trying to write her story differently like she was trying to change it and switch it up because it might be like similar but I don't like the building backwards like you start at the the pinnacle and then we flash back to what's happening and then you go back to what's happening now and then you go back to Oh, see, that didn't bother me. Yeah, I just, it it just was like a little, uh, a thing for me, particularly, a personal. And for me, Below Zero started out much like The Martian. You wake up or look up and you're about to die. Also, Hannah in Below Zero, her her fascination is with Mars exploration. Yes. Her love for, for engineering science was really captured with the Curiosity rover on Mars. And that sparked her 
interest yes. in and devotion to what's become her career. I will say that I do love in that book that she was not a good student in high school. She was she did not like any subject. She was not great at any of them. She had no particular passion. But at one point, a boyfriend told her some dumb science pun compliment your, that was wrong. Your eyes are blue like the oceans of Mars. So that was double wrong because she had brown eyes and Mars ain't blue. Yes. So <laughs> she like looked it up and then like just kind of fell into looking up more about Mars and then like suddenly really liked Mars and she was like well the only way I can know more about Mars is if I take science. So she started taking all of these like physics classes and things like that so she could go to eventually take classes that were specifically about like space and about Mars and I just like the idea. It feels very organic and realistic to have someone who doesn't really care about something until they look at it and they're like wait this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> and they don't gloss over the work she had to do. Oh, yeah. She, she was like, she had to do so much work. Especially because her, her grades were not great. So she had to like double down and really strive to make it where she was. So of the protagonists, because it sounds like they're all in science related mm -hmm. professions, but not necessarily the same. Whose profession would you possibly want to dabble in or whose would you like to experience? So Love on the Brain, she does kind of like a... It's more like hard science-y in a lab, like doing experiments of um, medical of medical stuff. Under One Roof is environmental planning, kind of. You Stuck with you as a civil engineer, and Hannah in Below Zero is an aerospace engineer. And then Love on the Brain, she does neurological work, and she's working with a computer lab to come up with a helmet that can protect astronauts from brain swelling or something. Very cool. <laughs> Very specific. I think I really liked the science of love on the brain. I liked that she was bringing like the biology and like understanding things like that. And they were bringing like how to turn that into computer code. That was a really interesting like combination of STEM fields. And I have not read Love on the Brain. Mm -hmm. I just discovered Allie Hazelwood like a month ago. And as I said, last weekend or something, we were going to record this earlier at one point. So I, I binge read the three novellas and just binge read Love, love Hypothesis. Hypothesis. Thank you. <laughs> over the last basically three days. So I don't know that I would actually want to dabble in any of these. Of the three, okay, I'm married to an aerospace engineer and we live outside of Houston. So cool, aerospace engineer, NASA, Mars stuff, but would I want to do the actual work involved? No, but could I go live one of their lives for a day as long as it's not the one where I'm trapped down in the bottom of a crevasse, man? <laughs> That'll probably be okay. <laughs> but yeah, as far as the writing goes, her writing was really fun and, and like Sheree said, funny uh, a lot of the time and she does talk like talk about very important things in academia especially because you know she worked in academia she got her phd she knows what it's like to work in those fields at a high level so it does feel very true to form like one it's kind of a spoiler but not really at one point one of them is at a conference and she is really excited because she just like did a big thing and then immediately gets taken down by a colleague who's like well it's probably you probably slept your way here like and, it's probably because the way wow. you look yes and that in the in the books and the different characters you can see reflections of being gaslit by others but also mm -hmm. like imposter syndrome in themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So 
these people, obviously you don't get a PhD in any field by being mediocre or only vaguely interested in it. Yeah. So there, these people had some drive to, to do these things, to accomplish this, but they, they're still questioning themselves. And you asked earlier about Allie Hazelwood's writing. Well, she had done a lot of like scientific writing and stuff. <laughs> so she's, it, this isn't her first writing ever, but right, it's her but first. It's very distinctly different from academic yes, writing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's distinct from <laughs> academic writing. And Perhaps the opposite. <laughs> yes. And there's some of that opposition reflected in her characters. So Mara, the environmental engineer in Under One Roof, is also a big time fan of The Bachelor. And her forced proximity housemate at the time is a little bit surprised by that because, I mean, she has a Bachelor blog. She watches it all the time. Yeah, she's really into it. It's her happy place. Cool. And he is puzzled by the juxtaposition that you can be this very smart, very driven engineer and yet like The Bachelor. Except he keeps walking by it and keeps going like... You know, like when you walk by someone watching TV and then you kind of and then like, you sort of get hooked and you kind of know what's happening. You're like, oh, it's still dumb. But like also Brett shouldn't marry right. yes. Mara. That's dumb. Yeah. And, and Sadie, the civil engineer. I saw this mainly in the novellas. Sadie's the civil engineer. She's also deeply superstitious. So she's mm. very scientific, very, you know. You can't be a civil engineer without being mathy and detail-oriented and all of that. But she also has her superstitions, like if you're going to go give a pitch to someone to hopefully become a client, you really want your routine good luck croissant or whatever it was from yeah, this one particular... She has a routine that she does yeah. before pitches. Just superstitions that make yeah. her, that she feels makes her day go well. And people have these quirks. People oh, yeah. have these tics. Yeah. So even there's more than one way to relate to these characters. Yes. But, but the character who did the presentation i really liked the realistic nature of she comes home from the presentation everyone's confused because she looks really bummed but she doesn't tell anybody because she thinks like both it's not a big deal like i I shouldn't tell anyone whatever but also like kind of like is it is he right like i already thought i was imposter so maybe (laughs) maybe i am yeah and she, this is Olive from the Love Hypothesis, and throughout, and when you meet her, she's struggling with public speaking. Mm-hmm. So she has this research that she's been doing that's very potentially groundbreaking, and she's submitted to present at this conference, but she wanted to do like a poster. Yeah, she didn't want to talk to anyone. So <laughs> right. when, when she got Same. an email from the from the conference organizers, she's just yeah very very horrified, and her friends are saying, you know, Olive, what's up? I heard from the conference. They accepted my proposal. Oh, but that's they wanted one, to be and, a her, and her advisor's like, that's wonderful. That's great. I'll help you. We'll get this ready to go. And her friends are like, and she said they accepted it as a panel presentation. And her friends are like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Talking in front of people. Talking in front of people with other experts in the field, which mm-hmm. is the extra thing. Like she, she's the person who brought it here, but there's going to be other people that she has to defend her research to. And I like that when you meet her, she struggles with this. Several years later, lots of research. She still struggles with this. You don't get a magical, suddenly you're not scared of talking in front of people anymore, Mm -hmm. magic pill. And I think I've read interviews with actors who struggle with stage fright 30 years in to their stage or movie careers. (laughs) It still sucks. So it's refreshing in a way to see that reflected. And minor spoiler, this presentation doesn't go shiny happy butterflies perfectly yeah for her but she also doesn't die but she also doesn't die (laughs) yeah she makes it through and i think she has someone that she really respects who ends up giving her like not like a compliment compliment but like this is really interesting and like honestly in academia someone telling you that this is really interesting you're like oh my gosh (laughs) which is why it's so upsetting that it's immediately followed up like she she gets her like little okay it's not gonna kill me and then immediately 
she's proven right. (laughs) Spoilers. But yeah, minor spoilers. Love Hypothesis has been out for at least a year. Two years. Two years. It's her first book. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, if you if you like romance, if you like science, if you like both of those things, you will like these probably. An intelligent, witty banter. Yeah. And I will say every one of them is checked out. Do you think that she would be a good pick for somebody who maybe doesn't primarily read romance or maybe hasn't tried it before? Maybe not. Maybe a novella. I would I would get your little your pinky toe wet before you went into the full book. Yes. Just to see. Ultimately, these stories, the novellas and the book both end up being about a relationship between two characters mm-hmm. versus everything else that is developed. But it isn't the main point of the book. Okay. So if what you mainly loved about The Martian was science, science all the way through and you loved that there was no mushy stuff except for between two secondary characters off page. If you love that dynamic, this isn't that. This is that with also person yeah. interpersonal but relationship But if you like The Martian drama. and you like romance novels, yes, this is probably this perfect is okay. for you. This is your catnip. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing an author and a series of books and novellas to chat about. And stay tuned next week for more book recommendations. Bye. Bye.